I'm, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me once again. I got my camera back. I got a new camera, everybody. I hope you're happy. I'm trying black and white tonight. I think it looks good, you know, and I have with me a really, really special guest. Um, this will be the first time I interview someone from a secret space program. And I'm not too informed. I'm not too hip on it. You can talk to me about alien abductions, or you can talk to me about anything on the paranormal. But when we start to go into the secret space program, I'm like a baby. I don't know anything. So with me today, I have with me Penny Bradley. She's a proud mother and a grandmother, but she's also been exposed to maybe um, mind control uh, and uh, secret space programs and everything that goes along with that. And I want her to tell her whole story. But first off, I'm going to say, hello, Penny. How are you? Doing good. Nice to be here, Robert. Thank you for joining me. And I want to start off by saying that your case is now CIA verified, correct? Yes. Can you explain um, how that happened? How that happened is I have a radio show on Global Enlightenment Radio Network. And it's a weekly show on Saturdays. That's part of why I'm here on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my producer, his mother worked for the CIA. She was a data entry clerk for the archive database. You know, everything the CIA has ever done is in their archive database. And they had real people key punching all this stuff. And it turns out that his mother processed my file. She called it a packet. And she told him before I was on his network, Penny Bradley's real. And she was on my show a couple of weeks back and she'll be back again this coming Saturday. And it's a call-in show. So if people have questions for her, they can call in. And she, we set up a protocol where that I say what I remember, and then she says if it was in my file or not. And that's to protect her. We're trying because this is violation of her oath of office. Oh, wow. So um, we're trying to set it up where it's like, okay, I was just, we were just bullshitting, you know. But um, the first show we did was almost two hours and we lost the first half hour of the recording. So we're already deep into it at the point where the, I uploaded it. But um, she personally inputted my packet and the packet for Andy Bajago. Oh, I've heard of Andy Bajago on the uh, on the Artel okay. show. He, he does time travel and teleportation, right? Yes. Uh, he was actually working with the CIA where I was turned over to the Germans who have a, a colony on Mars. So our experiences on Mars are different because we were with different people. He was with the Americans, with the CIA, and in a VIP situation where I was de facto a slave and handed over to the German colony to become part of their militia. Wow. So, 
And how did you, can you, do you remember how it all started? Or do you, do you remember when it, when it could have started? Um, I was four. And there were a set of military looking guys in green fatigues who picked me up out of my bedroom and took me in a, in a green Jeep cross country. I grew up in California. So they picked me up out of Tulare County, California. And we lived in the boonies. We weren't in a town. So they came into our house and got me and took me. And because they have time travel technology, they brought me back to close to the same time. And they left me on the front porch instead of putting me back in my bed. So as far as my parents are concerned, this whole episode was me sleepwalking. They never missed me. They didn't know I was gone. Uh, How does that happen? Is that like a split of consciousness? No, it's time travel technology. Oh, oh, oh I, I want to understand how it works. How does it work? Like they, you, you, they take you. They take you. They keep you as long as they want to, and then they put you in a machine that can put you back to the same size and age you were when they got you, and then they time travel you back and put you back where they found you. So it's like nothing ever happened. As far as everybody else is concerned, nothing ever happened. And you're making up a story. And my parents beat the crap out of me about it. Especially when I told my kindergarten teacher a couple months later that Martians had left me on the doorstep. So, yeah, my mom can verify that that I said that when I was in kindergarten. And I turned five right after school started because my birthday's in October. So I was four when I was taken and they drove me cross country to Langley, Virginia, the Air Force Base. And they kept me there for about a year and a half, maybe two years. And then they took me to Montauk, New York for at Camp Hero for about six months. And I was kept in a cage there, an electrified cage, in between the experiments they did on me. And then I was returned to Langley for three years, approximately. And in 1964, I was taken with the rest of the survivors of my class to Mars. I know the unit that I was in, there were 12 of us who were kept in a dorm together. I don't know how many others survived. I know there were over a thousand of us initially in 1959. And I've been contacted by, her email said DOD, but she claimed to be CIA. And she lived in an NSA bedroom community. So she could have been any of the three. But she said that I was the last of the class of of the Langley class of 1964. And she told me this two years ago. Uh, She had a job for me to do that they were hoping would kill me. I survived. The job was done. Um, 
What was the job? Um, bringing in a rogue agent. Um, I'm not at liberty to discuss the rest of it. Okay, okay. Let's let's just, just back up. Like, you, know, you know, these these things are classified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's so I'm trying to get around. I'm going to know as and, much. And and I am kind of a patriot. I'm not going to expose anything that will hurt other people. No, okay. no. I don't want you to hurt other people. But um, this this made this gives an, a good account for. There's a lot of disappearing children every year. You know. Yeah, there and, are. And people want they a lot don't of all go are. into they don't all go into space, but yeah, there are millions of kids worldwide who disappear every year. You know, and and and, and, but, and they're not all white people like me. A lot of them are other races. This is a problem for all of us, yeah. not just one group. Yeah, I know. I yeah, it's it's crazy. It's 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 um. So, I, I, I kind of want to understand where do I go with this? And so, and so basically, was what NASA shows us bullshit? Like, yes, the, the, the pictures of Mars—they're all bullshit. Uh, they're all airbrushed. Um, some of the Gigapan pictures, you can focus in and find details that are real, but. You know, why are there little bots still functioning after all this time? Well, it's because the people who live there keep dusting off the solar panels so that the batteries are still working. You know, they're yeah. getting maintenance. They're just not getting it from Earth. Wow, that's amazing. So um, before you get into your memories of, I mean, if you could, if you you give us some of your memories about space. I want to compare something about what Randy Kramer said, because are you familiar with Randy Kramer? Yeah, I've met him at a conference. Yeah. Now, he says that Earth, that, that there's um, um, a bunch of people from Earth in a colony on Mars. Um, is that, that that's, is, what did you that say? There was, there was, there was something else on Mars, you said. There are uh, the Germans, the Germans. That's a breakaway civilization. Five sentient races on Mars. Humans from Earth are one of them. And there is a colony of Germans, and there are colonies that are Americans. And they really don't interact a whole lot. And I heard there's slavery too. Yes. Yeah, every, fac every faction in space involves slavery, including Randy Kramer's. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what he said. He said that, um, that these colonies on Mars, they would have slaves. And what does that say about humanity? You know? That's the side of us that the extraterrestrials are seeing. So all of these people who think that there's some ET going to come save us, they are seeing military factions manned by kidnapped children and supported by slaves. That's what they're seeing. And I don't think anybody that's high vibe is going to want to touch us with a 10-foot pole. 
And what do you mean by that? Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Deeper. Um, I try to avoid the religious stuff because I was military out there. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a channeler. I'm not a mystic, although I do interact with other dimensional beings. I'm not a religious figure. I'm a military person. Yeah, I understand. You're basically asking a Vietnam vet if God is real. This no, is a big, I'm, I'm getting you. This is, a big, this is a big issue for me because every so-called God I have met has been an ET and I'm not going to worship anything I can kill with a laser. Okay? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. So this is my personal belief standards at the moment. I'm not worshiping anything I can kill with a laser. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I did not interact with spiritual beings. I interacted with 3D physical real things that you can kill with a laser. What are they? What, and what different be what kind of beings are there? You know, let me ask. That's what the people are going to want to know. What kind of other races are out there? I mean, we know there's reptilians and insectoids. Is that all right? Or is that what we, is that what people just hear? The main ones on Mars and who interact with humans here on Earth are the greys, the reptilians, and the insectoids. And there are thousands of different species of each of them. Those are the main ones. There are also humanoid ones. Um, they kind of look like us, but when you meet them, you know they're not us. Yeah. Um, and some of them, we are DNA modified to worship them. They're like the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki. That's what uh, I was going to ask you. I was going to see what you thought about the ancient aliens, aliens thing, the Anunnaki story. Uh, behind me is an Anunnaki genealogy table. And so much I believe the story that they came. I don't know. They came. They they were here. Uh, the galactic government considers that they own Earth. And they are responsible for the behavior of the humans who have, in their opinion, escaped the playpen. So they consider us to be a violent, dangerous child race. They are protecting us from everybody else because we are a child race. But they don't want us out there because we're a threat to others. Yeah, they, and this is, this is 3D reality out there. Yeah. And yeah. I've got all these people who want to make it about 5D or 6D or 12D or whatever. When I'm in space, I'm there in my physical body it's just been age modified and i'm in a real physical ship doing real physical military maneuvers so this new age shit there i mean it's not the new I, age shit is just shit yeah it's a religion just like religions but you know Yes. It's a religion just like any other religion, and it has no place when you are discussing 3D military events. Yeah. So, 
Let me ask Sorry you. to burst your bubble, but that's a big, big, big problem in my community is they cannot deal with that they interacted with a raptor. So the raptor can't, is no longer a 3D physical being. It's now some sort of a demon from another dimension. And it's just their mind can't wrap around it. It's just a third. It's, so is everything's occurring on the third dimension is what you're saying? Everything is occurring on the same dimension that you're living on right now. Are there, would you say there are alternate, alternate dimensions though? What about string Yes, theory? there are alternate dimensions and we travel through them when we use hyperspace drives, but we're not interacting with them. Well, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this, like, what are your thoughts on um, like uh, parallel realities then? Uh, do you think like that, that, that's a possibility that these- I think it's completely irrelevant to my experience. Okay. Oh, that's fair. I just wanted to get your opinion on it because you've got you. Okay. That was, that was what was being tested at Montauk when I was there. We were, we were literally testing the butterfly theory, the butterfly effect that if you go back in time and you step on a butterfly that you come back and everything's changed. And the results were that there are key individuals in any timeline at any point that if you mess with them, you will get a change. But the majority of the individuals make no difference whatsoever. Hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah, and all these people who think that when they pick their nose, they create a new timeline, that's not real either. There are alternate realities. There is one where the German nation won World War II and <clears throat> they're a bit of a control freak place. I have been there, but because I am of the frequency of this timeline, everything I saw was like looking through a kaleidoscope. Your brain can't function in an alternate timeline. That's interesting. So your your brain can't function in a different dimension, basically. Basically, Un unless you are special wired to do it, you can't. That's why navigators on ships are mostly extraterrestrials, Greys or Draco, because those are the races that can function in more than one rea more than one dimensional reality. Um, I was shot up with. Draco DNA before I was born. My mother was abducted for this. And this is why the CIA thinks they own me. Um, actually, it was the Office of Strategic Services, their military laboratories that did this to me. Um, my mother was abducted. I my DNA was modified in 1955. That would have been around the first string of abductions when the Greys were abducting people around that time. The Greys weren't abducting anybody. This was the American military. Oh, wow. They were wearing costumes to look like Greys. And when you're stressed out and you're seeing someone in a costume, you're going to believe the costume. I got to where I was seeing zippers. And the ones that came to get me were, were dressed like reptilians. 
but they had a zipper down the front. And when I started unzipping their uniforms, opening them up and going, uh-huh, okay, you're a real good reptilian. They stopped bothering with the costumes with me. Well, that's but these are, you've listened to Randy Kramer. You asked me about him. Uh, Randy Kramer talks about Operation Moonbeam, which was the capture of individuals that the military wanted their DNA. And then they would take reproductive cells, sperm and or eggs, you know, depending on the, the individual, and they would then basically catch and release. They took what they wanted and then they would release the person. Some of the women would carry a child for a specific length of time and then they would be picked up again and the child would be taken in and raised in a facility. Some of these were ET hybrid children. Most were not. Most ended up in the super soldier programs. So that's what's happening to these hybrid children, supposedly, yeah. that are, that's what I wanted to get your opinion on. I mean, that's what's happening with, with a lot of the hybrid children is they are in the super soldier program and they are so modified, they cannot fit back into American society. They no longer look like us because of all the crap the military did to them. Now, since France has admitted to modifying super soldiers. China has admitted to modifying super soldiers. Suddenly the United States is saying, well, we need to get into this. This is coming out in the New York Times. So I'm looking at this and going, uh, when are you going to admit you started this in the 1940s? It's, so, it's we're looking at 70 years of crap being done to people and they're covering it up. Well, yeah. And then that's, um, that's the, um, that's why I kind of laugh at this when you see this COVID relief bill, it says there's 180 <laughs> days and 180 days towards disclosure. And what, what are they going to give us? They're going to give us dogs. I don't expect anything, you know, uh, the treaty with the extraterrestrials that Eisenhower signed is up this fall. And the extraterrestrials are saying no more secrecy. We will not be your secret mistress any longer. I know friends who are involved in official first contact there are species who are planning to show up in a group of at this point 30 star nations and just basically land together without asking permission that's and you know you know it's so interesting about that and i, I can relate, relate to some information i always go back to art bell because it's a short show i heard on art bell he interviewed dr richard boylan and he talked about the star nations and the, the, the Star Nation people and them wanting to make contact. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard this? You know, you know, oh, yeah. on a more of an intimate level. There are 125 Star Nations who have government permission to, to visit Earth. 
where, where do you think i mean like here's here's what i don't understand they they show us that and this this is what, what makes me so frustrated what they show us is bullshit you know they i mean that it looks like we're surrounded by nothing or when in reality you're surrounded by a lot and we're just not being shown it yeah we have 125 star nations visiting earth on an ongoing and regular basis the ships that they have released the videos of all of those ships are made by the united states the plant that builds them is underground in utah wow how do you know there is another plant underground in utah that makes the three foot tall grays they're androids they are robots with a small consciousness in them well what do you think about the theory that there's uh small grays and there's real grays that are two feet taller you know there's a guy in an abductee named jim sparks who says he had like 98 percent recall of his abductions he would deal with his small grays and if there was a problem then the other grays would come in and they were like a real alien he said he could feel their presence or do you think his story might have been bullshit? He wrote a book called The Keepers. I haven't read his book, so I don't know the details of his story. I do know that the small grays are robots, the ones yeah. three feet tall and smaller, and that there are at least a thousand races of grays that are four foot tall or taller. Okay. And most of them started off as human races and nuked their own homeworld. Gray is what we become when we survive nuclear war. Oh, wow. So at some point they looked like us and they don't anymore. In fact, I've got a t-shirt on that was, that was done by Sue Walker. She, this is Tilcom. And this is the commander of the Ponte unit that is at Sandia Mountain in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And wait, can you people don't know anything about what you're talking about? Can you explain deeper? I'm sorry, I don't mean to make because people might not understand what you're talking like talking about. Okay. Tilcom is the commander of the Ponte. The Ponte are one of the Zeta Reticuli gray races. There are five of them. Uh, they are in the category that the Bible calls watchers. They have bases in mountains, so, several sites all over the world, and they just basically watch what goes on. They're monitoring us for the galactic authority, the, the government gal of the galaxy. And they are the ones behind the official first contact that is scheduled for this fall. And Sue Walker is one of the humans that they interact with. And she's an artist. She works in pastels. And she did this portrait. 
would she uh, be interested in coming and talking on the show? She might. You need to talk to her. I can I can give you her her um, Twitter. Yeah, but did we stray off from your story? And if we did, I'm sorry. Yes, we, we did. I'm sorry. Go back into it. Tell as much as you want. I'm 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 wide ears open. I want us to know so much. Well, you're 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 like. I'm blown away. You're having trouble following this, following the plot. Because it's so, because <laughs> I'm so far removed from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the first thing that I have to get through to people is that my experience was military, not religious. So all of the religious questions, I'm not even going to touch them. So no. that has to do with dimensions and and other timelines and all of that i consider that religious i was in 3d the entire time i was gone this is 3d real i was at langley base then montauk then back to langley and the jump gate that i went to mars on is in a building in New York City on Long Island near a bridge because from the outside you can see the bridge. I think it's a hospital. It's not the Empire State Building. But you go into the front of the hospital and you go into this specific elevator and it's bigger than most. And it has two panels by the door. One panel, it actually works like an elevator. The other panel is the jump gate. And they tell you to stand in the middle and they turn it on and we go through the back. And it takes about 20 minutes to get from New York City to Mars. Wow. And you you clump in the middle because the sides literally disappear and turn oval on you. So if you were out there, you would get lost out in space. You would be lost in the wormhole. And so we're clumped together in the middle. And when we get to Mars, we go out to the back and there's a big sign that says Willkommen in Mars in German. And you see this desk with this woman there and she can be a cranky person. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't speak German. So, you know, I've traveled through her office area plenty of times. So I know the sign says Willkommen in Mars. And um, so we come out and the person who took us there um talked to her in German and we were assigned a bunk room where all 12 of us were there both genders and we were roommates for the duration of our stay until we graduated from Shula and the Germans put us in school they called it Shula we had a uniform <laughs> that we wore It was pants for for the boys and skirts for the girls. And otherwise, it was basically identical, white 
white shirts, orange ties. The girls had a bow tie. The boys had a, a Windsor knot, uh, brown cardigans, and god awful ugly brown shoes. And all of us were bald when we got there because Langley had kept our heads shaved for their purposes. And we got there and we had to learn how to do everything because we had been kept so isolated. We mostly didn't know how to talk. We didn't know how to interact with each other. Um, I had been kept in a, a room that was basically a closet. It, the, you know, the little beds that they have for little kids? Yeah. They call it a toddler bed. Yeah. I had yeah. one of those and the room was the same length as the bed. There wasn't a chair, there was a toilet and a sink, but no mirror. The only window was in the door so they could see in to see what I was doing. And when they turned off the lights at night, that was it. If you weren't in the bed, you, were, you had to find your way there. They did do the same thing on Mars. If you weren't in bed when the time, when the lights went out, you had to find your own way. And so we had to learn how to bathe. We had to learn how to do hair. We had to learn how to keep our uniforms clean. We had to, to learn how to speak German. We had to learn how to get along with the 11 other people in, in the dorm room. Um, we had to learn how to get along with the kids in Shula. And those were the kids of the colonists and the German militia. And we were taught things very differently than they're taught here. And their education was based on what they had learned from extraterrestrials. So I would say 90% of what they taught me was factually correct. And 40% of what I learned in California after I came back was factually correct. So they gave me a superior education. And I was in Shula for 10 years. And so I graduated at 19 and was put behind the, well, I would say steering wheel, except it was a mouse pad. <laughs> Uh, of a fighter jet. And we were in a war that the Germans started. The war was with the Mars Mantids and the Mars Raptors. And these are both formidable enemies. But what had happened was every square inch of territory off Earth is already claimed by someone. So if you want a place you can live, you have to take it. So we did. And then we were in war and the war started in 1962 and the treaties were signed in 1990. So this was a hell of a war. Wow. And wow. the only reason that we won the right to be there, we being the Germans, we won the right to be there because the 
mantids, not the insectoids, not from Mars, had given the Germans regen technology. So part of my job was to find human remains, bring them back so that they could be regenerated. They can literally bring a person back from the dead for up to four months. Wow. Now, imagine that when you're trying to recruit new people from Earth. You know, it gets pretty easy. You just go into the cancer ward and say, well, you know, we can make the pain stop. How many people are not even going to ask what, what they're going to use you for? You know, this is the kind of thing that's going on. Human trafficking is not just children. No, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I can't even ex explain it because I don't even know. I mean, there's the missing 411, which is the, the, the national force. God only knows how those people go missing. But I know we're not talking about that, but that's just an example of human trafficking, which I, I think it's human trafficking. I, nobody's figured human, out how the Human trafficking is the biggest moneymaker on this planet. One, I heard someone say Legal something. or otherwise, human trafficking, bar none. What comes next are drugs and weapons. So drugs are like aliens do drugs? Yeah. <laughs> where where do you think the adrenochrome is going? Uh, well, yeah. I, well, I knew that. I, yeah, but I knew, I, I was, Aliens, I'm, I'm thinking like extraterrestrials like, like drugs. do drugs. I'm thinking drugs like cocaine and, you know, say what would be funny watching cocaine, an extraterrestrial cannabis. Cocaine. Where did you think cannabis came from? Yeah, that's true. Where, where did you think beer came from? The Anunnaki brought us both. Yeah. They're extraterrestrials. It's in the Sumerian cylinder seals or the, the cuneiform yeah. tablets. They talk about Enki and Ninma were making beer, making beer and they were making people as well. Did you yeah. ever read that story? Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's one, of, that's one I, of my favorites. I've read four or five of Sitchin's books. I've read the Emerald Tablets. Um, I was abducted by the Anunnaki in the summer of 2018 and they tried to kill me and the Germans rescued me. Really? Um, wow. Really. They were not happy with me at all. <clears throat> because you were talking, talking out. Yeah, because I was speaking out. Um, the CIA are not the only ones upset about me talking. Um, so in that context, I was really surprised when um, Doris Neely decided to come on my show and talk about at all my, uh, my file that she had, had entered into um, the CIA computers. Um, and she said it started, my file start, came from the OSS you know, everybody thinks the Office of Strategic Services uh, went out in uh, 1945, but I was born in 55, and she was uploading it in the 70s, so it was still in operation then. So they had, when there was internet, obviously, technology in, in on Earth way before the 90s, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. 
we were just not shown it. Do you think we got that technology, obviously, from the ETs, the internet? I think we got some of it from them. I know. <clears throat> okay. There is a chart that I have used in a presentation that gives the setup between the subgroups of the NSA and a group of extraterrestrials that they call the cordium. The cordium has a drip, drip, drip of technology. And it's given to a subgroup of the NSA who passes it on to the military industrial complex. You know, the companies that work with the military. And so they get to make patents on technology that's dripped from extraterrestrials. So they're making a fortune off stuff that was given freely to the United States government. And that's how some of these companies are staying in business. So some of the technology they don't know how to use. And so it's sitting in a lab, they're still trying to figure it out. But um, from the 1947 Roswell crash, they got optical fibers, you know, what electronics are based on now, and they got um, transistors. And they have since miniaturized transistors to the point where your cell phone has almost a trillion transistors in it. Wow, that's amazing information. I would never have known that. And they got that technology from the Roswell crash, which, by the way, the Roswell crash was a German ship. I've heard that. Uh, it it was a German Hanabu. And at that point, they didn't have very many humans who could be a navigator. And so they did have greys on board, Zeta greys, um, real ETs, to be the navigator to be able to go into, into hyperspace. Now, you remember the Philadelphia experiment? Um. Yeah, I've, I've, I've listened to it on Art Bell with about Al Bielik and Al Bielik okay. talked about it. But Have I never you, under, really understood what, what they were trying to do in the Philadelphia experiment. Like, because it, 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 I would get interested and then I would get uninterested. It seems like it had been about time travel. Can you clue me in? What, what were they really trying to do with the Philadelphia experiment? They had a hyperspace drive. They were trying to figure out how, to, how it worked. That was basically, yeah, okay. That mm -hmm. makes sense. They understood that it would take you from point A to point B. They didn't know how. They understood that during the process, you would be invisible. They didn't know how. They understood that the spaceships that they got it from had an extraterrestrial that ran the drive. They didn't know why. So you have that program was... Oh, I'm blanking on his name. It had Einstein and um, the guy that did electronics. Tesla. Tesla. 
Yes, it was Einstein and Tesla were on the team working on it, trying to figure out what this thing did. And so they hooked it up into a ship. And it time it went from where it was to Norfolk, Virginia and back. But because they did not have the ET to run the machinery, it, when it came back, there were people in the walls and the floors and uh, other objects. The job of the navigator is to keep physical objects and life forms separated. So that's why on a ship, you will almost always find an ET, either a Zeta Gray or a Draco, because those are the two races who are good at it. Now, let me ask you this. That's why they were shooting up American kids with Draco DNA, was they were hoping to create navigators. And oh, wow. This goes deep. And, and less than 3% of us were. Now, if people go on my channel and read the past interviews I've done or listen to the past interviews I've done, I have interviewed several people who are navigators. And that's what, what my job was out there. You need three navigators on a ship because you have shift work. Nobody can stay awake 24 seven. So you have three navigators on a ship and they are getting to where most of the German ships, at least two of the navigators are human. We still have a Draco or a Gray on almost every ship because of that. But my function in their military is I replace a Draco. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal until you understand that Draco are high energy beings. They give off an electric field and humans are not hardwired to handle it. So if you are inside that Draco's electric field for a half hour, your brain literally melts in your head. So replacing a Draco on a ship is a real big deal. Yeah, I can understand. And it's, it's not that the Draco is being mean. It's not that they want to hurt you. It's just they have an energy field around them that's electrical and will fry your brain. And what, what is that? How do, do you know what that energy field consists of or anything like that? Well, why, why, does anybody know? Like, it's just who they are. No. I mean, you, you... It's like how we have an aura, I guess. It's or, like how we have an aura, except theirs is more highly electrified. Okay. So it's not that they're doing it on purpose. It's this is just who they are. Yeah. So um, when a Draco is on a ship, they have to stay in their own little area so they don't kill anybody. 
So they're a very highly social species. They interact, they're very telepathic. Uh, in fact, they practice something called full intimacy telepathy, where it's everything in my head, everything in your head, and it goes, thump. so there is no deceit that way. Yeah. It, it's a matter of honor that you share everything in your head. And if you don't willingly, they assume you're trying to cheat them and that you have no honor. And honor matters to them. So all these people who think that they're just, just slime balls, no. The Draco, yeah, because they get a bad rap. They get a really bad rap and they don't deserve all of it. And there are really very few of them on earth. No, I was going to ask you about that. Is my next question. What they about, do have a city on Mars, but they don't have underground bases here with the 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 the, the, uh, the, the Greys underground in the United States. Not that I know of. The Greys do. The real Greys, or just the the real. The, um, there are three species of Greys that have bases in the United States. There are two groups of Anunnaki blue collar people that have bases in the United States. Um, what do you, why do you call them Anunnaki blue collar? Because the government thinks they're a different race and they're not. The government is calling them tall whites, but tall whites are blue collar Anunnaki. The ones that Sitchin and your, your Decent chart are talking about are just the royals. They do have blue collar people, people who worked in their mines, people who did jobs, people who took out. The oh, jobs. I get it now. Blue collar and like Anki was a royal. Yeah, yeah that Anki, makes sense. Anki was a prince. Uh, the tall whites are the blue collar working class Anunnaki. And still. They're There's still a, Anunnaki. They're just not the royals. So when people hear, when you hear people being abducted by greys and so so called Nordics, like they 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 and they're they're like for example, I have a I I, I did a podcast with this guy. I love him to death. His name's Daryl Sim. You might have met him at the conferences. They call him the Alien Hunter. Um, he's, I haven't he's, met him. He specializes in alien abduction. Well, um. He went to India to remove an implant that was placed in a woman. And she said she was dealing with a, a race of Nordic aliens and she was having abductions. And they said that they, they, they she needed to meet, I can't remember what this person's, he had an entitlement name. Like they called him, um, anyway, he ended up being a half reptilian, half human figure that was above the Nordic and some. above the, of the gray. And in this in this situation, this woman from India. So he went to went okay. into India. India you're and had you're the, asking our political structure. Okay. We have two races of humans on Earth. Uh, most people are Homo sapien. They are the RH positives. There are the RH negatives, most of whom do not understand that this is what they are. They are Homo capensis. The pure What's that? What's that mean? It's another species. Another hominid. 
another hominid and they are capable of interbreeding with homo sapiens but the homo capensis were left in charge by the anunnaki and remember i said the galactic government thinks the anunnaki are the legitimate rulers of earth now the solar system that earth is part of is in the draco empire so the Draco really don't get involved as long as you're paying your taxes and the Anunnaki are paying taxes on earth. But that's where part of the money that disappears every year is going to is earth's taxes are being paid. Now, the Draco empire is actually quite large. It, it contains almost all of the Orion Spur and part of the Sagittarius Arm in the galaxy. This is a large area. And the Draco have a policy. They leave you alone to self-rule as long as you pay your taxes, which are a percentage of your gross planetary product. Something like 2%. It's not even a big, big number. But as long as you pay your taxes, they let you do what you want. It's when you decide we're not going to pay taxes anymore that they come in and they try to do a diplomatic solution. Um, in the Sumerian tablets, you hear them talk about a Draco princess was sent to marry Anu. That was because he was refusing to pay taxes. I've so never heard this story. That's so interesting. So they sent a princess to marry him because her pheromones would be mind control on him. And he, Anunnaki are hardwired to live around Draco. Humans are not. And so she was actually Enki's mother. That was why there was a secession dispute was because he was not full-blood Anunnaki and Enlil was. So <clears throat> they had different mothers. But that was that is their standard policy is if a planet decides they're going to stop paying taxes, they send a princess to take care of the situation. And she usually does a a fine job of it and there's no problem as far as the people are concerned now let me ask you this where are the uh anunnaki and the draco mating they're obviously obviously they, you just answered my question they're mating compatible the, are, the, are, are, yeah, are all species mating compatible except for the grays which are they're like they have no genitalia um with the right technology every race is compatible that makes sense. Now, some races, it takes a lot of technology to do the job. Even the grace, because you don't operate from the body genitalia, you're operating from cells and DNA. Yeah. Okay, so with the right technology you can mix anything 
And there are species out there, intelligent, sentient species, who are gaseous. And trying to find their DNA is a real issue sometimes. But anything that's in an actual physical form can be mated with anything else in a lab. That doesn't yeah. mean that doesn't mean it'll work genital to genital. Sexually compatible. Yeah. Yeah. There are races who have up to six different genders and three are required to produce a child. That's stuff. Okay. Now the Germans, when they went out into space, because every square inch is already owned by somebody else, they made a deal with the Draco, where they would be part of the crew that would come in and take care of a planet that refused to pay their taxes after all of their efforts failed. So these are hard case scenarios where the people just flat refused. And the Germans got so good at destroying these worlds that when the German armada comes out of hyperspace into orbit, the planet will surrender to the Draco. It's whatever you want, just keep those bastards away from us. So we got that good at it. We have proven our value to the Draco. And my understanding is the Draco made it illegal to eat us after that. However, not everybody is following orders. So I was going to say, though, a lot of people, um, I've heard of you know, people getting snatched up and eaten on abductions here on I'm Earth. I'm hearing a lot of stuff where people cannot tell the difference between species. If it's reptilian, it's Draco. And then I see what they drew and I'm like, nope, that's a raptor. Raptors still eat people. I've never heard of a raptor. Well, I actually I have. I heard of Captain Mark Richards. He uh, mm -hmm. he was Carrie Cassidy. Have you ever heard of Carrie Cassidy, Project Camelot? She yeah, got kicked she interviewed me. Yeah, she interviewed. Yeah, I, I think I saw her. She, inter that. she interviewed me in, in January. She talked about Captain Mark Richards and like um, mm -hmm. He said that on the, at the time, the United States was in cooperation with the Raptors at some point. Was that true? I don't know. And, um, remember, I served with the Germans. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and well, this is another so quick question. So my, my, my understanding comes from what they have told me. In their secret Sir, space program, yeah. In their secret space program. I don't know what the Americans did except as how it affected us. Yeah. I do know that from the German point of view, the Americans went into space and are trying to continue World War II. And they're very unhappy about it. And because of that, the Germans only allow their top officers to be at least a quarter German. They, they're not allowing Americans raised on earth to be officers. So, okay, because, here's a fun. 
because I was raised on Mars first, I'm allowed to be an officer. Yeah. So you kind of kind of became like not Stockholm syndrome, but you kind of kind of have some kind of um, uh, admiration for what you were a part of, right? I mean, in some way. When you're raised as that, yeah, you are it. Okay, my genetics. I'm British mix, and my father's family were royals. And my mother's family was also British mix, uh, French Canadian, and Jewish. Yeah. So I have no German in me. Yeah. So I was taken. I was treated like shit by the Americans at Langley. I was treated worse at Montauk. And then I was turned over to these German people who treated me on the same level that they treated their own children. Okay, you can call it Stockholm Syndrome if you want, but no, I'm just saying I, I have uh, lived 91, 60 and backs with the German people. I'm 65 on Earth. So I have spent a lot more time with them as one of them than I have here. Yeah. So, yeah, I do come from a, a perspective of I understand where they're coming from. Do you think they wanted to just be left alone? Do you think they took it a yes. little bit too far in World War II? They want to just be left alone. They escaped Germany when they saw Hitler's atrocities. They went to Antarctica to get away from that. And then they went into space to get away from everything else. And they, they beat the Americans before they left. Yeah, you're talking about Admiral Byrd's. Uh... Yes, I'm talking about Operation High Jump where they beat Admiral Byrd in under half an hour. So they won World War II. They gave the United States a treaty before they left Earth. That treaty says 150,000 Americans a year are to be turned over to them. I was one of those in 1964. Wow, that's mind-blowing disclosure. That, that, so you think they're that real? Uh, wow. I so they just want to be left alone. That's it. They're not interacting with Earth. They're not interacting with Americans if they can help it. They just want to be left alone. Well, they you figure if you if you go by what con conventional history says, and there was storming of the conventional beach in history is ninety percent propaganda. Well, I mean, it is. It's ninety percent American. My, my grandfather was a prisoner of war in World War II, but he was captured by the Germans and he was released by the French. I don't know how much he remembers. He never used to talk about it, so I can't speak on his behalf. You know, the, pr the prisoner I, of war camps were pretty harsh, but you got to remember, through most of the war, the German people were not eating very well either. Yeah, 
because the U.S. cut off their supply lines. Yes. Correct. Is it, and that's and, why a lot of the people in the concentration camps got skinny. Why the, the yes. Is the because they got even less food because they were feeding their their women and children first. They were what? The German people were feeding their women and children first. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was their national priority. Their women and children came first. And then the prisoners and then the slaves in the camps and then everybody else. Now, let me ask you, do you know anything about Aldebaran and, and the, 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 the Nazis that Maria Orsic uh, you use? So the Brill Society and Maria Orsic channeled somebody, some group from Aldebaran. Was that the Draco or do you, what, what do you know about they're, that? They're another race completely. Okay. And they have a blockade around their system that anyone who who enters it is killed so it's a no-fly zone oh you're speaking from a military perspective you don't know anything from, about that from the military perspective they are real people they have a blockade they it is a no-fly zone but they didn't choose germans then because a, a lot of humans have american not americans i'll see humans in general have that humans a lot a lot of people, nobody knows the facts. A lot of people think that, the, that Maria Orsic channeled those people from Aldebaran, and she, she t- they told her, they, she, they told her how to make uh, anti-flying craft, other stuff. She did. That's true. Okay. The so, the the Fuelgesellschaft were women mediums who were who were doing what today would be called CE five. And they were in contact with Aldebaran, and they did get blueprints. And the language that was was used because they were right, they were doing what today is called automatic writing, and what was written out was in Sanskrit. So yeah, they she got. The ladies got real information that was said to be from Aldabaran. And no one human has made physical contact with them because they don't allow anyone in their system. Anyone. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting to know. Do we know what kind of race they are? Uh, They told her that they were human like we were, that they were primarily light-skinned, and that they also had dark-skinned people. Hmm, that's interesting. It's just it's interesting <laughs> to know. You want to hear something else interesting? Um, I wanted to see what your opinion was on this. Um, this guy, he said that he is, is in, he's on the internet. His name's Cliff High. This is totally off the top. I have heard of him. Yeah, he, he said that he used to do large amounts of like um, uh, hallucinogens and he would go into hyperspace. He called it hyperspace and he would meet extraterrestrials in hyperspace. And he said that he got to a barrier where most humans, you know, like don't get to. Like you, he was talking about like he would have to take like a large quantity of mushrooms to get to this point where he was actually able to meet beings and 
and get ex- exchange ideas with him. And he came back with a whole business system that he implemented today. You would have to look up what he does. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's very interesting. Like, so- well, some of us don't have to use hallucinogens to get there. And those of us who don't have to use drugs are who they're using for navigators. Um, basically, they ship us and merge us with the ship's computer. And when it's time to go into hyperspace, we go into hyperspace together, the navigator and the ship's computer. And it's basically a system of the navigator takes the ship into hyperspace and controls the situation and the computer does the math to support it. Now, how many people can on a ship hold and how do those people stay intact then? Because I heard Randy Kramer say that we they would have do- some really, really, really large ships in Nachtwaffen, which is what the German military is called. Yeah. And Usually an armada is 20 ships, and that can be everything from the flagship of the armada through battleships, through smaller cruisers, to supply chain transport freighters. Um, I'm usually confined to the central part of the ship because I'm chipped into the computer directly. That makes me a security risk. And so I've never really seen the fullness of the ship from the inside. Once I'm connected to the ship, I have an awareness of the outside of the ship. and very little of the humans, except when we're coming out of hyperspace, I have to make sure the life forms are not in a solid object. Um, have you heard anything from Tony Rodriguez? I've listened to him a little bit, but I've, I've okay, heard him. Ha- when, when he talks about there is a time where everybody gets a little dizzy and you have to be still for 10 minutes or so, he talks about that. That's because the navigator needs that time to make sure nobody's in a wall. And he didn't know that was what it was for because he was a slave and he was down in the hold. But he knew that that he would get dizzy then. It was because you're coming out of hyperspace. Um, and hyperspace They call it that, but what it really is, is you've gone into another dimension and you are traveling through another dimension to get to a point where you can reconnect with the part of normal space where you want to be. And it's a way to bypass bypass the time restrictions. In normal 3D space, which is 3D, three physical dimensions plus time. So it's really fourth dimensional. In when you hop into hyperspace, you're bypassing the restrictions here. And you 
you may have to travel in that other dimension quite a ways, but it saves light years. We have colonies in other galaxies that would not have been possible otherwise. We have colonies in other galaxies otherwise, other than Mars? Mars is a planet. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. We have, but we have colonies other, in other, you know, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Yeah, we I have know Mars is a planet, but we have, we have, we have, we have colonies, you Earthlings, on, you from Earth, in other galaxies, on other planets. We have colonies in Alpha Centauri. We have colonies in um, Andromeda Galaxy. We have colonies. Um, there, there's a galaxy that shows up in the in the Tau Ceti system. That's Palladian. And, if they exist. No, it's it's the the Tau Ceti system from Earth. The constellation there is a constellation that shows up inside it, and we have colonies in that galaxy okay because I, I know i know that not uh, not in in the place that we call tau Ceti, but beyond it yeah there, there's a guy named jerry willis he claimed to have um you know have contact with palladians from tau Ceti. you know but uh there tau are people a, from tau Ceti. but what i understand is when, they they have an alliance with the russian federation but these are all like um, it's hard to think these these that there's planets around these places because they're all um, constellations, right? Constellation is a constellation. From Earth, all you see are the stars. You don't see the planets around them. Yes, and then again, we've been lied to about everything. So I have to keep that in mind. I have to always keep that in mind. So sorry, it's hard. There are billions of sentient species throughout the galaxy and and no and i I, you know what i really appreciate what you're doing because you're killing the dogma that was based on me and and whoever else uh listens to this are 3d real physical beings who live on 3d real physical worlds circling planets in constellations we only see the stars from earth you know what? I, I can appreciate that so much because I never really build it. I always, I always, I, and I, I don't hope I don't get a lot of hate from people. I mean, because I, I believe you can raise your frequency, and, and but uh, I'm not so sure about vibration. You know, um, I know we do, we um, all do vibrate. Your, fre- your frequency is so set in stone that CIA uses it to track you. So, it, so the new age thing is totally a farce. Yes. So there's you no can such raise thing your in- mood. You can feel mood <laughs> lighter. Yeah, but yeah, you're not doing anything to your actual frequency. You yeah. are who you are, and you are that from before you're born until you die. And yeah. it is so set in stone that the CIA uses it to track you. They're not using chips in people anymore. They haven't been using chips in people this entire century. So if they have chips, it, they've been there a while. Let me ask you this, and this is because uh, we've been going for about an hour and 20 minutes. So um, I don't want to take <laughs> up much more of your time. 
what what do you uh how how did how did you start remembering how, how did you know that did your memory did you did they they wiped your memories and how did it all start coming out what year did it all start coming uh, it started coming back in 2013 um my partner and i had a rough time in 2012 we're not married and we had a rough time and i was going to leave him period and this man set me up thinking he was going to marry me and he paid for my trip to where he lives lived he's dead now and i spent a little over a week with him there was a fake wedding so for all you guys who think i'm a whore there was a fake wedding. I really thought I was married to the man. And we went to DC on our honeymoon. And he spent the time repeating my remember code over and over and over. And then one day he says, it's time for you to go back to Lou. Cool. Yeah, Lou is the man I live with. And I said, why? I thought we got married. And he says, no. He says, there was no paperwork. Yeah. And so he sent me back to California. And when I got back, the memories came rushing in all at once. And because he had used my remember code from my CIA mind fracture so that first altar who had been broken off me was the one who served on mars and was later navigator of a freighter ship what and can you explain to the audience what an altar is an altar is when a child is tortured um drowned raped sodomized, locked inside a wall and left to suffocate. I mean, we're talking tortures here. We're not talking hurt their feelings. Yeah. <clears throat> we're talking tortured. And the child has to choose between living or dying. So if they choose to die, they go catatonic and they're gone mentally. If they choose to live, they create a bubble around that memory and break it off into its own little place. And the guys at the CIA at Langley know how to contact that bubble and turn it into a person separate from the original person. Now that the, once it's turned into a person and is trained for a job, it's called an alter for alternate persona. That's the clinical term for it. The clinical term for what they have done to us is called induced dissociative identity disorder. And I've heard of that. Psychology, psychiatry can do nothing to help us. 
So this is a permanent situation as far as the CIA is concerned. Now, Lou, the man I live with, is an Iroquois shaman. So we're talking a real, honest-to-God, Native American shaman. And he has been doing soul fragment retrieval with me, which is a shamanistic practice, religion. And he has been doing that with me and has helped me reintegrate 31 altars. And with the altars came the memories. Wow. Not only of how the altar was created, but what it was used for afterwards. Now, I have a total of 2,200 altars. So the 31 I've reintegrated are just a drop in the bucket. Wow. So they have severely damaged all of us. So when you start talking to these people, and I have a feeling you will, we shift altars because we get under stress and another altar will come and be the front person. Um, on my radio show, some of the guests have triggered me so much that I've shifted altars 20 times in a two hour interview. Wow. Yeah, my, my producer sits there and counts. Oh, you only shifted twice this time. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I have no control over it. So sitting here and giving you a coherent story from start to finish is very difficult for me. Now, you need to also know that every single one of us has at least one sex slave altar. All of us. Men, women, doesn't matter. They used all of us that way. That was part of how they broke us was to rape us. And remember, I was four years old when they took me. Oh, God, that's disgusting. I mean, that really this, is disgusting. This is what they're doing. This is the CIA standard practice that they have it down to a science. They say this and this and this is on the schedule today. They'll come in. It's on the schedule today. We're going to break your arm. If they kill you, they have a regen tank. They can bring you back from the dead. So one of the things that I learned because of the regen tank was that death was not an option. I'm not allowed to die. I'm not allowed to stay dead. I have to do what I'm told to do no matter what. And this is part of what I'm telling people. This is what the CIA and the Office of Strategic Services has been doing pe to people since at least 1955 when I was born. This is not a new thing. This is something that's been going on that long that I can prove because it happened to me. So this is what I'm blowing the whistle on. The CIA is kidnapping your children. They're raping them. They're turning, they're turning them into Manchurian candidates with multiple personalities. And they're using each and every one of those multiple personalities as a slave for the rest of their natural life. You're not taken once. You're taken over 
and over and over and over. Like I said, I've done 91, 60 and backs with the Germans. Nine, and, wait, 91, 60 and backs. Yes. So that means you lived, you lived uh, 1,500 years? I've, I've served with the Germans almost 5,000 years of lifetime. Now, it's all been overlapping during this one 65-year period. Yeah. But that's a hell of a long time to be a slave. I mean, slaves on Earth, they're only, they're only tortured during their one lifetime. Slaves in space, you take taken over and over and over and over and over. And they put you through regen, so you're never allowed to die. Never. I it's have like hell. It's like, uh, it is. It's exactly like hell. And the CIA is doing this to people. That's why I'm talking. Because I'm a patriot. I, 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 uh, I defend my country. But this is fucking wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to get too political on the show because then YouTube will shut it down and you know what I yeah, mean? But I, I want people to see this. I want people to hear your story. This, I, I want people to understand that's my motive for talking. Yes. This has to be stopped. I yeah. don't care who's but in the, office. The thing is, is I like, don't care which party. I want this stopped. Yeah, and it's like, how are we going to stop human trafficking? And and uh, and 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 it's it's such a, I mean, I I, I don't I don't know who is right for I don't know how to speak on that politically because I feel like all politicians are corrupt, you know, and and I don't trust any of them, and I just like, you know, like, you know, like every someone said to me, every president since Eisenhower has known this was going down. And, and do you think that's why they got rid of JFK? I was going to ask you what you thought about JFK. JFK, they said JFK was going to blow the lid on aliens. And JFK was, was going to get rid of the Federal Reserve. He had already started printing silver certificates. Um, he was going to blow the whistle on the secret space program and he was going to blow the whistle on the secret societies behind everything because he gave a speech that secrecy was repugnant to a free nation so who, who did he piss off most i know and then and then he had yeah. the mafia after him too for other things too he had the mafia after him because they had ensured his election in new hampshire for his domination and when his brother Bobby went after them they took it as a personal insult and I can understand them doing that yeah so he had he had also stopped the federal support of the oil companies so he had a lot a lot a lot of people who were wanting him gone if he would have had backup from like star nations, that's what he needed. That's what he really needed at that point in time. Because nobody, else, nobody would have saved him. But he, he, but he was untouchable, I guess, or what? I mean, why would he be that he, stupid? I have no idea why he was that stupid, but he went up against 
five or six major players all in the same month or two. Yeah. You know, that's, that's in my book, that's a death wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, anyways, I mean, I've, I've managed to piss off the CIA. That's enough in my book. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not planning on pissing off anyone else. <laughs> are you planning on writing a book? Are you, are you, you going to write a book? I'm working on a book about the real history of the German space program and why they went into space. I mean, why, I, why they left earth. I would like to uh, have you back on the show when, when you come closer to, you know, putting that out or we'll just do a part two again sometime and talk more about this kind of stuff. It really was interesting. Okay. I had I, this really opened up a lot of new things for me, and it made me think in a lot of different ways. So it, it made me think in different. I mean, that's what that's what expanding your consciousness is to the audience yeah. members out there. That's what we're trying to do on this. You know, the word consciousness is uh, flying by on everybody's channel. Everybody's saying consciousness, this consciousness, that. This was expanding consciousness. Even when yeah. you when you when you go into territories when you're not even even when you you, you can't just expand your consciousness on things you're positively influenced by. You know, you have to be, you have to be open up your mind to some things you might not be so comfortable with. And that's really expanding your consciousness. Would you agree? You can't see the world as long as you're only looking at, at the pretty parts. Exactly. exactly. I mean, I would love for the world to just be pretty parts, but it isn't. And that's that's part of growing up is understanding that it's not always going to be pretty, but you have to to march through it anyway. Yeah. Well, with that said, I said, thank you very much for coming on. This was an amazing discussion. Thank and, you uh, for having when, me. And when can people listen? Where and when can people listen to your radio show? Okay, it's on globalenlightenmentradio.com. No, radionetwork.com. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, and it's on Saturdays, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Now, can they listen? We, can I listen you, to our, our archive shows? Or do you have to catch it live? Um, I, put, I put the um, recording on my own YouTube. And it's uh, Penny Bradley with Noc Penny Bradley Nachtwaffen Pilot. Okay, that's <clears throat> I great. Can give, I can give you a link to that that you can add to your upload. I'll put it. I'll put it in. The, yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely. Awesome. So this has been great. So thank you, Penny, for doing this. This was this was awesome. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Have a good night. <laughs>